Welcome to the Victory XR webinar today with St. Ambrose University in my hometown of Davenport, Iowa. We are excited that uh, the, these professors and President Novak are joining us today. And we're gonna have a conversation about these three things. St. Ambrose is exploring both augmented reality and virtual reality on campus and how to integrate it into learning. Uh, their president, President Novak, is a very pro technologically progressive and naturally curious uh, leader for a university and is really driving the university to be one of the global leaders in this space. And so we are happy to be working with them. And uh, with that, President Novak, would you uh, maybe introduce yourself real quick and, and those on uh, the staff, faculty? Great. Thanks so much, Steve. Appreciate the opportunity to uh, be on this podcast with you. Today, we're joined by what I consider our subject matter experts here at St. Ambrose, those who've been experimenting in the um, virtual and augmented reality space. Um, we have Father Bud Grant and Dr. Ethan Ganaway. Um, they each will share a little bit more about what they teach and how they've applied it as part of this podcast. Excellent. Well, uh... Father, Father Bud, uh, why don't we start with you? Talk to us a little bit about um, how you first stepped uh, stepped into this world in in the in the world of teaching in the classroom and and what progress was made last semester. All right, thank you. Thanks for having us. I guess the way we got into it is because uh, Dr. Novak kind of had this great idea, and we decided that we needed to be in on it. At least uh, I thought. I'm one of the senior professors, which is a polite way of saying I'm old. And I thought, I don't want to get left behind, so I want to be a part of this. So we went to this uh, original meeting in the fall, uh, in August, I think it was, and uh, liked it. And so I enrolled in your academy and managed to get that piece of paper. I don't think anything was harder except my doctoral dissertation. <laughs> and uh, so I'm very proud of that. And since then, I've used it in my environmental ethics class so that I could uh, talk to students about what the prairie ecosystem is like. And then we took them on two virtual tours, one of a bison um, uh, migration and one of a prescribed fire. And I'm still Great. working on it uh, for, in addition to those, I'm working on it now for my historical theology class, which I'm now teaching. Great. So um, I'm going to dive into that a little bit deeper here in a moment. But for, for our listeners or watchers, uh, the certificate is a micro certificate uh, that uh, professors and other educators can undertake through the Victory XR program and earn through. Um, through a few hours of study and then practicum, uh, the micro certificate to teach in immersive environments like virtual reality or augmented reality. So it's uh, it's certainly a skill that's needed in the future uh, and even today. So, so uh, Father Bud, uh, talk to me a little bit more about uh, the, the process. So uh, I'm fairly confident you are using virtual reality headsets in the classroom and were the students in the same classroom uh when, when this occurred yeah they were uh we had them all together and we had them seated and it was a traditional classroom with their chairs and desks right there we were a little bit concerned about that but it made zero difference to the students 
I don't know how much you want me to dig into it, but uh, only two or three of the students acknowledged beforehand that they had had any experience with virtual reality whatsoever. But within the first, oh, I don't know, five to seven minutes of the first class, they had all made their own avatars and they were all running around like chickens, having <laughs> a great time. That's wonderful. Yeah, you know, it's, um, I always talk about the fact that the Fortnite Roblox generation is arriving at college and into workplace. And so for, for most of them, uh, this is not a new thing to learn or socialize or play in a multiplayer immersive environment. You know, it might be new to do it in a VR headset, but uh, most of these students today have, have done it through a PC for, for a number of years. And so it seems like a natural uh, progression, at least, you know, that's our view. Now, Dr. Ganaway, will you talk a little bit about your, the, the class that you, you taught and then also how you took your first steps into teaching with virtual reality? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I used it for what's called History Matters. It's a it's one of our first year, first semester uh, courses in the history department. And it's just meant to engage students in the in the discipline of history. And as we teach it, each faculty member can choose their own topic. And I chose to do classical mythology. Uh, Father Bud and I have taken students abroad a number of times. The two of us have been abroad a number of times. And that immersive environment that uh, the, the words you use there, that's what we recognize when we take them there. And we saw how much they learn from these kind of experiences when you're actually looking at the architecture or at the sculpture and then, then talking about the history. It just makes it come alive. So when I heard there was an opportunity to do this in virtual reality, I thought, I mean, this is a perfect way to do it for all those students who can't afford to go on this trip over to Italy to see what we're showing them. Let's see what we can do with virtual reality. Uh, the other two is that both my parents are computer programmers and my brother uh, did 3D animation for a while uh, and now works for Adobe and I did email. That's That was about the limit of my technological <laughs> expertise. And uh, I thought may, maybe I'll be a part of my family uh, here <laughs> if I just take on VR. But as it turned out, uh, it, it wasn't that hard to pick up. I don't, I don't play a lot of video games or anything, so it took a while for me to understand the, the controls. But it, most of the, the directions for it and the, um, uh, all the tools were relatively intuitive. It, so I, I did have to put in quite a bit of time just to get myself accustomed to, to being in that space. But once I was there, it, it had opened up these worlds for me. I was as, as excited to immerse myself in it uh, as I was to get the students in. But I'm happy right, to let me, those those experiences in the classroom, uh, if you like. Let me ask you a question on that last point you made. Did it take you more time and you may not have considered this before, but did it take you more time to learn to drive a car or to teach in VR? <laughs> oh, if we count parallel parking, more time to do the car. <laughs> but sincerely, it, it, um, most of it for me with VR was just being comfortable working in that space. But I, I don't find that, as Father Bell mentioned, find that to be an issue with the students at all. And I noticed, more and more of of my adult friends are very comfortable playing if they just they play xbox and playstation i just didn't happen to i live in the ancient world it's it's books and archaeological sites <laughs> yeah that's wonderful and and you know the the field that you teach in 
really has so much potential. Let me let me ask, uh, dive in a little deeper with you as well. Uh, of the classes that you taught, you you know, and just for our listeners, many of you probably already know this, but there's a couple of ways you can approach immersive learning. Uh, you can use 360 virtual reality field trips, and uh, on, on our platform, we have uh, over 120 of those, and around YouTube, there's a lot more. So that's one option, and and you can uh, hop into a metaversity campus and then step into a 360 room and show any 360 video in the world. So that's that's a pretty cool option. The other is what uh, our developers would call true VR, and you know these are uh, worlds that are modeled in 3D. You can access them through all six degrees of freedom. You can walk around them. You can climb a tree, uh, whatever you might want to do. So, um, Dr. Ganaway, which of those did you use in your first semester? So, uh, I, I both is the answer. Uh, I so I employed VR. Ultimately, it was four full class periods for the myth class and one for the Latin, but that's that's its own own creature. Uh, so for the myth class, my first two sessions were I had to train students how to use VR and be in that environment. So when we got into that environment, I we were talking about the gods in ancient Greece and human beings and how gods run things. So when we got to that virtual space, first of all, they had they figured out their own avatars and then I just let them run wild. And we went to a place called Dinosaur Island and I chose it because they could go underwater, they could climb mountains and then they could hop, um, you know, teleport from place to place. And then I had put some objects. Um, Father Budden and I had talked about this before uh, we established our classes. And and uh, so I put some things for them to find out there. But it let them just explore and and it, the object was that they get a sense of the sublime of awe and wonder so i tried to to play off of the wonder and awe of vr and try to have them relate that to human beings experience of greek gods in ancient greece so then um then i i let them have microphone powers but i would take them away if they talk too much and so i was i was telling them i was an all-powerful god and i did i dressed like odysseus um, or at least as i imagined him so i had a long gray beard i looked like a greek philosopher i was wearing a toga and sandals and floating around in the air it was fantastic the the class that followed that up we i had them start in outer space and we were looking at the earth we were just doing a spacewalk and then i brought them down to a greek temple so that we could talk about how greeks tried to create structures that created that sense of wonder and awe in a space that they could meet that would relate then to the wonder and awe of the nature around them and of the universe and then i i set a parallel uh, series of videos so we're these are all 360 videos at this point where we um someone had created the experience of heaven in vr so it started on a deathbed and we floated up to heaven and then we went from there to go into uh, saint peter's basilica in rome and then even to the church of saint ambrose in milan and it was how do christians then how did they shape their space for this wonder or awe so it was a combination of using site videos 360 videos but also that that created uh, space at dinosaur island 
Um, and, and I'll say, as a historian and archaeologist, being able to take them to the actual sites. I mean, we went to the ancient site of Troy. We went to the Sphinx on other occasions. I, I, the 2D images I've shown on the screen for years cannot match that. You know, and that's uh, I'm going to ask Father Bud this, but uh, all all of the studies almost universally show that when students are taught in an immersive VR environment, that they retain more information. And you know what what we know is the correlation. What we don't know is the causation. We can only speculate as to the causation. But uh, as an experienced educator, what would what would you attribute that to? Oh gosh, I you know this this would be interesting just to follow studies on it. I guess for courses that use VR over a long period of time, but I would I would say that having those moments during a semester where you've left the classroom and gone into the VR space is just that becomes that special event. So it's like going abroad, or it's like when you walked into the bakery that time and they had just baked fresh bread. It's just um, the experience is just. Um, <laughs> I can look, if, I keep wanting to go back to words like sublime and awe, but I got to find something better at this point, right? But it's so impactful at, on that moment. It's, this is out of the ordinary. This is a special circumstance. And if you've prepped them ahead of time, especially, and I found this over the semester, if I prepped them ahead of time before coming into the classroom, they, the experience of being in that other place and having all these other, um, these kind of virtual senses just kind of come alive and fire. I think that's what helped them really grab onto the, the information I was teaching them. Latin was a, a little bit different. I was using that like mnemonic devices and in, in, um, you sometimes see it in videos or on, um, in, in books where, you know, imagine you're in a room and you have certain objects in each or in a, in a building and you have certain objects in each room and that's how you memorize all these objects. So I had them do that with you know, verbs were in one room, nouns in another, and adjectives in another. So I, I tried to play off of mental pathways in this virtual space. But I mean, it's and, still, oh, go ahead, sorry. I was gonna say, and, and Father Bud, what would be your take on that same question? Yeah, I'm gonna just play off what Ethan has already said. Uh, I happen to be teaching a course right now where the first unit is on experience as an educational methodology. And as I'm listening to the students respond to that question, I realize that they are experiential learners uh, par excellence. And as a matter of fact, frankly, to the detriment of other methodologies of learning. <laughs> so it is their primary preferred way of engaging ideas. So if it can, it's a little bit tricky for some fields, but that just makes it more fun to figure it out as Ethan is describing you know, really creative ways of getting them to engage things that may not feel like there's any experience to be had. But if we can do that for them, they are going to retain it better. I think those, I, I, I totally believe those studies and uh, I don't have any of our own primary data. Of course, it's too early for that. But just based on my experiences, excuse me, my students discussion of the way they use experience to learn, this is it. This is the way to do that. Steve, Great. I'm going to add, Steve, I'm going to add one thing here. One of the observations we had, I think about eight or nine faculty who came up with on average four to five lessons 
in a variety of different disciplines. But consistently, one of the comments that I heard from the faculty that I thought was fairly revealing was the fact that when the student was in the headset, they could not be multitasking in any other way. And so as a result, their concentration and their engagement in the content was just significantly more robust. You know, I can walk into any classroom that's on campus today and I can see a student with their phone and their laptop and probably three other things going on while that faculty member might be lecturing, even if that's a compelling lecture. Um, and maybe the faculty member is even trying to project things up on a board and have them work in small groups. They're still capable of doing three or four other things while that um, lesson is being taught. What happens in the virtual reality environment is they're there. I mean, there's no um, there's no option for them but to be there. And in so doing, they're really it's all of their senses for the most part that are being stimulated in a way um, that seemed to create a much higher level of engagement in the learning. And I would just say, in addition to that, it's fun. They they really enjoy it. I I don't think, and this is probably says something uh, uncomfortable about myself, but I haven't had kids laugh and joke and play around and have so much fun as they did uh, in that virtual space. So it just breaks down. Also, it's a barrier that just opens them up to, I don't know, just to have fun while they're learning. I love yeah. to hear that, and I think I think that's the case when you love something. You know, I love to cook. And so, you know, it's very easy for me to learn and retain information about cooking. Uh, Dr. Ganaway, what were you going to say? Oh, I just, I'm just going to say, you know, a number of students who are a little more hesitant to speak in class because they don't want to be the object of that attention in real space. You put them in an avatar, they're wearing, you know, an astronaut outfit or something. They're, they participate. They're all in. And they'll, they'll even get up on stage and act things out in that virtual world. That's wonderful. President Novak, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, I, I was—I feel very fortunate to have uh, met you. I feel even more fortunate that uh, you are in our home community of our headquarters. And uh, I've got a couple of questions. I'm gonna start with the question that um, you immediately saw the vision for this. You know, some administrators don't see it right away or maybe they don't see the, the value in the the work it's going to take to to bring faculty on board and that type of thing. What what was it that you saw? What what is it that you see that makes it worth the trouble, the effort, and the expense to to move forward? Yeah, it, it could be Steve that as a parent to eight children who are in this learning space right now, I'm very aware that the way we have been teaching probably doesn't create the levels of engagement that we as faculty or as university leaders really want to see with our students. And frankly, if you look at the data, there's a whole lot to suggest students really are not retaining content like we'd like them to. And it's not unique to St. Ambrose, it's a national trend. And so for some time, I've been asking myself from a leadership lens, how is it that we create different types of opportunities for engagement and learning that really sort of creates this experience as Father Bud described and helps them immerse themselves in a way that they're enjoying it. It's not something they have to do, but it's something they love to do. And so as I watched my own six boys, right? I mean, they're 
I mean, the girls are into this too, but they're really much more into whether it's, you know, Madden or Fortnite or whatever they might be playing. The reality is I can listen to them on headsets and I know they're engaging each other. So could this tool do something for our classrooms? And so I think the reality is um, I was open to exploring it in part because I think it's a problem that higher ed needs to solve, which is how do we strengthen student learning and student engagement in a way that really helps the student retain the content and then take that content and really make an impact in the world, however that might be in whatever discipline that might be. I would add from an administrative perspective as well, we invest a lot of money into equipment and tools. And, and, and as I've looked at what healthcare is doing and how we're shifting even in some of the corporate settings, I'm asking myself the same question. Do we have to have a full cadaver lab or can something like virtual or augmented reality actually be a more low cost solution and a higher engagement solution, something that allows us to create different scenarios um, in that learning process. So I think there was also some willingness on, on the leadership part here to also say, could we explore other technologies that might actually both increase engagement, perhaps lower cost and make access more possible? St. Ambrose has a long tradition of also serving adult learners. Some of those are in more, more remote areas. The idea of always coming to campus um, is is okay. We've obviously shifted into a much more robust online environment. But even in that online environment, I've been asking our team here to much more closely look at how do we improve engagement? How do we strengthen the overall experience? And I think both of these tools really help us move in that direction. And, and President Novak, talk a little bit about student recruitment and admissions. Do you see value in this uh, as far as that's concerned? Oh, absolutely. I just had a tour on campus today and a parent actually was asking because we had some materials that were shared with the larger news media about it. And they were asking where it's showing up and in what classes. I think the parent was actually as excited as a student in potentially taking a course that had some virtual or augmented reality. He works in a bank. They're using it now to do employee orientations. So in many respects, it's also equipping our students for the future of work. So I think um, I think it's going to be very attractive to students, and we're hoping to be able to put the admissions tour, you know, and other highlights on our tour, um, in which students would be able to use those technologies and really see how they might um, utilize them in the classroom. One of our newer facilities so on campus will have a whole space for a virtual reality commons, a virtual reality classroom space. While the student doesn't necessarily need to be in the classroom to engage in virtual reality, we did find that at least when you're starting this technology, having the students there so we can troubleshoot some things um, was valuable. And so I think the lesson we've taken from it, at least at St. Ambrose is, um, there needs to be some of that student orientation piece. Some of that can be done online for online learners. For those who are on ground and on campus, we need to make sure we have the technology investment in our spaces and places so that they can do those things from a residence hall or from a classroom um, to make it just more reliable. Perfect. So thus far, we have been talking about virtual reality, which is, you know, for our listeners, it's it's the full immersion into a 3D modeled world that's and, and a metaversity 
uh, has the characteristics that that it's a 3D modeled world, it's persistent, and it's synchronous, multiplayer. You can have uh, a group of students in it at the same time. So those those three elements really define the metaversity. But here's the big thing: you, President Novak, and St. Ambrose are working with us to build the world's first AR metaversity, which I can tell you is much harder than a VR metaversity. And and the, the reality is that the augmented reality glasses are not at the level yet that the virtual reality headsets are. But the big difference here is that when you have, let's say that you have some ancient Roman artifacts and you bring those into the room and you put them on the table and, and all the students are gathered around in augmented reality, what we are just now rolling out, you can see everybody in the classroom, you can see their reactions, you can see if somebody uh, enters the room or leaves the room, but at the same time, you can uh, also see the Roman artifact that's sitting in the middle of the table. So, uh, President Novak, you and I have had a lot of conversations about this, and yeah. and what what we're doing will be in ten years will be commonplace at every university in the world. But talk to me a little bit about your vision for augmented reality on campus, um, both both interior and exterior, if you have one. Yeah, I, I'm super excited about where augmented reality, I'm excited about virtual reality too. But um, so obviously, um, as you know, Steve, we're looking at how this can be applied in the engineering laboratory. And, you know, we're, we're having some persistent place space and then being able to look at something and see how that sort of fleshes itself out, if you will, in augmented reality is really important. We're looking at its application in biology um, as well. And really excited about what that might mean for students who who could look at something who could look at an artifact could look at part of a plant um, and be able to know a lot more about that um, and in fact have additional video or engagement with that content um, than just what you can see in its original image and so i think being able to really build out that augmented reality is exciting of course as you know i'm eager to have a couple of places on our campus where our mascot, the fighting bee, can be flying around outside and the admissions tour can, you know, be able to highlight the bee and people can put on the augmented reality glasses or maybe they even just use their cell phone to be able to see things um, in a new and compelling way. Certainly both Bud and um, Ethan also in their, you know, um, academy for the study of St. Ambrose of Milan, we've thought about ways to showcase using both augmented and virtual reality some of the um, writings of St. Ambrose, but the work of St. Ambrose, and frankly, its application to today. And so it's a really interesting juxtaposition because it's this past meeting a contemporary technology that we think has the power to really be transformative to learning and also connect the dots for people. What was it about St. Ambrose and his writings and how does that impact today? And, and we can visualize this and we can see it in powerful ways. Our art history faculty have talked about the idea of an outdoor sculpture garden that could be you know, viewed through augmented reality. So I think we're going to see an enhancement to the campus environment, both in the classroom and out of the classroom when we can leverage both the augmented and the virtual reality. And I think we're only at the beginning of this, as you're pointing out, Steve. And you know, when you look at the 
billions of dollars being invested in these technologies globally. Um, higher ed has to be in a space in which it's it's experimenting and learning from that experimentation and advancing it. Um, and I think uh, St. Ambrose is excited to be part of that process. Well, I, I appreciate you working with us on it. So let's, um, we're nearing the end of our time, but I want to touch on uh, one last area. And that is, what are the challenges that the technology or uh, the administration of the project or even us as a company, what, what, are, what do we need to overcome uh, over the next year to, to make this a better experience for students? And, and maybe uh, Dr. Ganaway would start with you and then go to Father Bud. You know, some of the things we're already seeing some of these changes, even since the the first semester and now starting into this semester. Um, I know one of the biggest ones for us was having students have some experience in that VR headset before they come to the classroom. I mean, I really enjoyed watching them learn how to use the 3D pen and start to grab objects, but you get a lot of really large bulldozers in your classroom all of a sudden. <laughs> So, you know, having them get get some of that excitement out and then uh, and really that availability to have time for them just to play in the space so that when it's class time, we can focus on on the classwork that will be helpful in the future for sure. Uh, continuing on that, Dr. Ganaway, would you talk a little bit about the tools that a professor has at their disposable for classroom management? Yeah, and so and this is this is where I got to keep playing out my godlike power. So. Uh, and pretending like when they were really good, I would give them use of the 3D pen or they would, you know, and um, the the most valuable for me were, um, and depending on the day, that, that 3D pen is, that blows their mind that they can draw in space like that. And once you focus them on a task, I had them creating um, composite creatures. And so on this one, they could draw it or they could grab objects off that IFX um, um, asset database. And that that was amazing. I mean, part of it was their own exploration. And then it let let their creativity just run wild and it let them really be unique in what they brought then into the classroom. But there were times that it was very helpful to summon them all to where I needed them to be to and to keep them seated in that place so I could I could do my virtual lecture to them or explain the next um, the next task for them to do. And then of course that mute button is helpful too. I do like listening to their their conversations on the side, but sometimes you you just have to to bring them all into order before they, they go off and explore again. Awesome. And Father Bud, my uh, my father was a middle school teacher at Frank L. Smart Middle School in Davenport. And I was telling him about these uh, these tools. I said, you know, Dad, you can you can automatically press a button and seat everybody, or you can silence them all, or you can bring them all into one space when they're roaming around. And and he thought I was kidding. He couldn't even conceive of, of that being possible, I suppose, from his years teaching eighth graders. Uh, so so Father Bud, talk a little bit about the um the challenges that we need to overcome and, and then the best hope for the future okay first of all just uh <clears throat> to follow up on ethan's anecdote there my after they ran around like chickens and i was uh, uh being showered with bulldozers and dinosaurs 
the next class, uh, my, the classroom I picked was a prairie that I had crafted and created, but I put uh, rows of chairs out in the grass and made them go over and sit down. And then I had a dire wolf staring at them to make sure they stayed seated. So <laughs> that, was, was, that was one strategy I used. But um, some of the things that I think we all need to deal with is I think sometimes there's an issue of bad bandwidth that uh, makes us um, makes the uh, videos blink, blink out or not um, stay focused on what we want them to do. So I think that's something that just uh, that area needs to be dealt with. Another one would be um, that it's very time consuming, at least at first. It takes a long time to set up that classroom and to think about how that uh, outcome is going to be met best by what resources we have. Having more resources, ever more resources is, is going to be fantastic as it continues to expand. And just speaking for myself personally, the, the learning curve uh, for a guy that grew up with a phone tethered to the wall uh, was uh, pretty challenging. So, but on the other hand, I will say your staff, especially uh, Dan and Kate, were really helpful. They responded in real time and helped me solve whatever issues I was having, most of which were up here, uh, not in the technology. Uh, but in terms of looking forward about where I think we could have this in the future, uh, I see it, I see the uh, library of 360 videos and those virtual worlds that you're talking about continuing to expand so that we'll have more options to use. We might even be able to create our own. Ethan and I are actually working on that. Well, all right, Ethan is doing all the work on it. <laughs> I just kind of pat him on the back and root him, uh, root for him as he pr proceeds. Um, I can see a, a, a Dr. Novak already responded to the idea of having a designated classroom. Our, our, our staff need to be, um, constantly trained on the technology as it continues to grow. Um, but I think we will have increased agility, increased efficiency uh, in creating these experiences for students. I think we'll have, um, I, I foresee that it will be a part of every class, but probably won't replace any in-person live classroom experience. It will in fact be an augmentation to, to what we're already doing. I can see us collaborating with more colleagues in different departments. We already did that sort of spontaneously to troubleshoot and give each other a little bit of advice here and there. When we found something that worked, we we're sharing it with each other. So that sort of thing is uh, ever going, it's, it's just really important, it's gonna get better. Yeah. Great. Well, I, yeah, I might, that, I might uh, add one thing to that, Steve. One of the things that I thought was really valuable from, a, you know, I wasn't doing the classrooms, but the sales professor in business who was working on it was talking to the philosophy professor who was building out Plato's cave, who was sharing insights, you know, so with the, another theology professor or with Dr. Ganaway or Father Bud. I mean, it was just, it was, um, it brought disciplines across the university into dialogue and conversation in really compelling ways. And they were helping each other out in addition to the really outstanding support through Victory XR. So um, I think there was a lot of really interesting mutual learning that was perhaps something we didn't anticipate as a potential outcome, but which was really valuable in the process. That's wonderful. Well, President Novak, Father Bud, Dr. Ganaway, thank you for joining us on our show today. I'm, I'm, as you know, I'm very excited to see 
where St. Ambrose uh, goes with, uh, with these different technologies, but also appreciative of the relationship we have and uh, trailblazing the future together right from Davenport, Iowa. So uh, thank you. And uh, we will uh, see you in the metaverse. All right. Thank you. Sounds great. Take care. Thanks.